It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calger, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Blah, 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 blah. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing all right. Today's show, she's being brought to you in a part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. I'm donning a shirt today. Located. On beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. We'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent slice of pizza. And I'm going there next week. I'm going to be there all next week. Sal and I are working on a secret project that we're going to be announcing um, pretty soon. Uh, maybe even next week. <laughs> On, well, not next week, the week after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm losing track of the days. But uh, stay tuned for that. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage, The Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy by going to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Find out why we got a five. One, two, three, four, five. Star rating across the board. And if you're looking to get a signed copy, don't worry about it. Just visit my website, www.billycboxing.com. That's all. That's all. I'm not, I'm not going to. You know what? Today we're going to go uh, with only the bare minimum commercials that we got to do. You know, we do have to take our breaks, but it is what it is. Coming up on today's show, um, I got. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about. Listen, this is our last show for the week. So uh, we are not uh, doing a live show tomorrow. We're off all next week because Sal and I are working on a secret, secret project. And uh, we will be back for our uh, Sergey Kovalev-Andre Ward rematch post-fight show. That's going to be taking place uh, Saturday uh, on, uh, uh, on June uh, 17th. Uh, so we will be here approximately six minutes after the official uh, decision is rendered. So make sure you tune it in here. So today, on today's show, we do have some uh, boxing news to talk about, but we are going to donate uh, or dedicate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I didn't have enough coffee today. I, I need one of Sal's uh, Gigantor mugs of uh, coffee. But today, we're going to dedicate the show mostly uh, to uh, breaking down and giving you our predictions on the Sergey Kovalev-Andre uh, Ward rematch. Now, also joining uh, Sal and myself will be uh, Dax Khan a little bit later. 
And I do have some other stuff to talk about. Uh, but first, uh, let's bring my man on with me. Joining me right now from St. Simons uh, is uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sal Rocky Senecola. What's up, Sal? Billy C, how are you today, man? I'm getting ready to. I'm getting ready to hop in the old uh, truckster and come on down, like uh, Monty. Monty to used to you, say, "Come on whole... down, come on down." Yeah, we got a whole bunch of people are waiting to see you, and uh, uh, you're gonna have a warm reception here. Oh God, is it gonna be too hot? Gotta, how hot is I it gotta, gonna be? Well, it's gonna be about 95 degrees, but. I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have a lot of people. I gotta pay a lot of people to come in and see you. <laughs> you got it. Oh, you got. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, that's the only way. That's the only way they're gonna come. Hey, that's the only way they're gonna come and see me. With you gotta open up your checkbook. Hey, listen, uh, yeah, I'll give you a true. But uh, when I see all the people coming in uh, dressed in tattered clothes, I'll be like, oh god, yeah. Wait, what are you doing? Giving them a, a, a sip of Ripple to come in and just say hello to Billy C. I mean, come on, man. Uh, no, I'm teasing. We got a lot of people that are excited to see you coming in, and uh, they've been hearing our show, and they say, "Wow, we're gonna stop by and see Billy." I said, "That's great. Come on by. Come on so by. Just great. let me know come when you're gonna down. come by, and Sal won't be there." <laughs> <laughs> no, but wait, I'm hoping that uh, people that watch us uh, on a regular basis uh, come on down and uh, uh, not only hang out with us, uh, but uh, taste the food I've been bragging about. So you better be on your A game, but. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, last time we were saying that, who, you know, my man coach pops in. Remember, remember, coach, coach? Pops in. I couldn't believe it. Here he comes down. What about thousand miles, 1200 miles, whatever it was. Yeah, he saved up. He used the bathroom. He was starving him and his beautiful wife. Uh, they came by and uh, uh, they uh, they enjoyed themselves. That that was for one of the fights, right? When we had one of the fights. I thought that might have been from I don't know if it was for the Mayweather fight. I think it was for the Mayweather Pacquiao, was it? Could it have been that long ago? Or was it possibly the, uh, the, um, oh gosh. Could have been for the, uh, my, who, who do I like? Uh, what's Triple it, what's G? The other fight? Triple G fight? Who? Triple G it fight? It could have been for the Triple G fight. Yeah, I think it was for the Triple G fight. It's either It was either Pacquiao or Triple G. Yeah. No, we, yeah. Because uh, I know when we had uh, Pacquiao and Mayweather, we had all the sports celebrities down. We had a uh, we had a great great night of uh, of uh, action packed, uh, almost bar side fights. But we <laughs> we had we had a great contingency. Cool. I mean, we had football stars, we had fighting stars, and uh, it was it was a good night. We had fights. Night. Ray Mercer it. was there. Ray Mercer, man, it would have. He's he's as big as in life in person as he is in the ring, we had, and he's just jovial and happy. And he brought his father, I believe, down. And then we had Michael Moore down, and we had uh, we had uh, 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 Tim Hightower. We had uh, Plexico Burris. We had uh, uh, we had a lot of great fighters. Yeah, Plexico. I mean, a lot of great football players too. Thank thank God Plexico didn't shoot himself in the leg uh, while he was. No, in well, the, he checked his gun in at the door. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, coach is in the chat room telling us, uh, reminding us that uh, it was for uh, Thurman Porter. That's uh, right, though, Thurman Porter. And, That's and you know, right, the, it was for Thurman the, Porter. The funny thing is, is didn't you just uh, have to wake up the last person that was still sleeping during the uh, Pacquiao-Mayweather fight? Didn't you just have to escort them out of there? 
We did. We did. We did. They were. Uh, they, they. We did. They soundly, were. They were. They was soundly sleeping after that one. But uh, they were. Uh, anyway, I got some stuff uh, uh, that we're going to uh, get out of the way before we start talking about uh, Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev, and give uh, everybody our uh, breakdowns and predictions. But uh, Adrian Broner against Mikey Garcia. Uh, that set. That fight is set for uh, Saturday, July 29th. Will take place on Showtime. I got some quotes from these guys, Sal, that I wanted to get your thoughts from, for, from, on, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I need one of your mugs of coffee, bro. You know, I mean. I'm uh, telling you, absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, Adrian Broner says, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is typical Adrian Broner, right? He says, I mean, uh, I've done a lot. You know, I, I've done a lot in this sport already. At such a young age, I've watched Marky Garcia come up before, and at the same time I came up, uh, I always wanted to fight the best, the best, uh, fight the best, and that's uh, what's going on today. Uh, this fight is going to be a tremendous fight, and I'm bringing my A game. I know a lot of people are probably counting me out. He says, uh, making the weight is not going to be a problem. My last fight uh, coming from 180 pounds, uh, I kept my weight down, and I've actually been trying to fight uh, somebody earlier than July, but since it's in July, I've kept my body in okay shape, and I won't have the problem making the weight. Uh, anybody is a puncher, whether it all hurts. It all hurts. He says, uh, I'm one to tell the truth. I don't want to get hit uh, by nobody. I don't care if it's Paulie Malinaji. I don't want to feel none of their punches. Um, you know, interesting, uh, uh, and, and you know, as, as bad as Andre uh, Adrian Broner is in terms of uh, – you know, just his persona. He is being honest, and and I'm a little surprised he's blown. He, he's admitting to blowing up to over 180 pounds. Sal, I mean, uh, this fight's much. gonna be this fight's gonna be a a, a junior uh, welterweight fight. Uh, the, the contract is uh, 140 pounds, of course. What's your thoughts? I mean, I know that's one of your that's one of your pet peeves about uh, fighters that balloon up between fights. I mean, you know. How, how long ago was he 180 pounds? And guess what? What's documented? I mean, he could say he was 190 pounds. What the, who's going to check? <laughs> I mean, it could be part of smoke and mirrors. It could be part of rhetoric. It could be anything he wants it to be. And if he was 180 pounds, then he's got to tear that off. And hopefully he's done it right and slow and not just liquid weight and all that other stuff. So, I mean, you could balloon up. I fought as a lightweight, 135 pounds. I went up in between fights. You know, you got your incentive and your reward. You got your incentive to get down in shape and everything else. And, you know, I, I stayed pretty much 90% of the time around that weight where you could um, maybe go up to 145 and lose 10 quick or, or something like that. But once in a while, if if, uh, if I did let myself go, I'd go up to 154, uh, maybe one time touch 160. But I'd, I'd get right back in the gym and – I knew it was just bloated water weight, uh, as we say, gavone or cafone weight, and uh, being being a slob and just eating and drinking everything. But you know, you don't do that that often. You 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 have the incentive reward. You you get your ice cream and then you go back in the gym and it's all off. You don't do that very often. <laughs> Speak no. for yourself. I do. You know that's you why. Do. You know, I, I you know even now I'm solid and I, I'm in decent shape. And when I made that comeback fight a couple of years ago, I, I, I lost about 35, 40 pounds. And um, I could do that tomorrow, not in one day. I mean, I just know my body. My body is still, I could drop, uh, I could drop 20, 30 pounds if I have to. 
Yeah, and I will. In I fact, usually I'm get ready for this when, summer. When you lose 20, 30 pounds, I I, I usually find it pretty quick, you know. But uh, <laughs> see, it's a trade-off, you know. Yeah. Hey, I got some pounds for you, pal. Yeah. I uh, I I don't know. You know, I I, I got to give uh, Broner some credit here. I, you know. You know, every time I talk about Broner, especially to Larry Hazard, you know, he's always like, well, Billy, uh, you know, usually we agree a lot, but I disagree. I never thought nothing of uh, Adrian Broner. I, I did. I, I, I thought that when he came out, uh, you know, when he busted out onto the scene uh, as a lightweight, I I loved watching him. He was exciting. He, he, he you know, wasn't afraid to get in there and, and fire from the pocket. He had it all, you know, and... Uh, you know, it just seems that when he tried to to emulate Floyd Mayweather, I, I mean, everything went downhill. You know, uh, he started uh, uh, moving up and way too quick. I, I think it was uh, a result of his lack of dedication, and and you know, uh, maybe his body just uh, physically uh, couldn't make the weight anymore. Fine, I mean, that's what happens. You know, but uh, but his performances started to to go down as well. You know, and uh, you know his uh, his career. Although uh, you know, he keeps talking about. You know, uh, Adrian Broner, AB, not standing for Adrian Broner, standing about, you know, standing for about billions. Um, I'm not so sure. You know, this could be a big fight for him to turn his career around and get it back going in, into the direction uh, that, uh, you know, that he thinks it, it already is. Uh, unfortunately for Adrian Broner, you know, he's going to be in there with, with, with a pretty tough uh, character with Mikey Garcia, a guy that. I absolutely love to watch. I mean, he's a blue-collar fighter, Sal. I've said it all the time. Bring your lunch pail to the gym and uh, get to work. And that's what Mikey Garcia does. And, uh, I, you know, I know this fight uh, isn't for uh, another month, but uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Oh, me too. And Mikey Garcia is just what you said he is. He's a no, uh, no bull, all business kind of fighter. And that's what I like and I respect a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's going to do very well in this fight. Yeah, well, uh, I got some quotes from him, too. Uh, but first, we got to take uh, the first of our uh, four breaks. So uh, let's get that one out of the way. And uh, we'll be back uh, in about two minutes, all right? You got it. I need a refill anyway. All right. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show, and uh, this is our last show. Uh, programming note: This is our last show uh, for uh, over a little over a week. Uh, we will be back for uh, the Billy C uh, Sergey Kovalev Andre Ward post fight show, which will be taking place approximately six minutes uh, as soon as the official uh, decision is is made. So uh, make sure you tune it in here. Uh, we will be down uh, uh, in St. Simon's Island uh, all next week uh, filming uh, 
uh, a, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have even said that. We're going to be doing uh, some special stuff, Sal and I. And speaking of Sal, he's uh, with me right now. Man, hey, you know, I, I, I almost, uh, you know. You almost you know let what I mean? the cat out of the bag, you know. Uh, we let that cat out of the bag. No wonder what the screaming is going on. But uh, Mikey Garcia, Adrian Broner, we were talking about that before we went to break. Uh, Mikey Garcia, he says it's the biggest fight available for me right now. You know, <laughs> that line says a lot. You know, basically, you know, that, this is what I love about Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia never, you, you never rile this guy up, man. You know, and, uh, you know, Adrian Broner, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, and Mikey goes, well, it's the biggest fight available to me right now. You know, uh, I'm going to bring my lunch pail and uh, go in and take care of business. Uh, he says, originally, my plan was to unify uh, the titles at 135, but uh, that wasn't available. Uh, I would look uh, at a big name to defend my title at lightweight, but that wasn't aware available. Uh, Broner is much bigger uh, than me. Uh, he's got a bigger name, and he's a bigger star who has accomplished a lot in the sport, so it just made sense to go and pursue the Broner fight uh, rather than a regular title defense. He says, I would love to come back down to lightweight and unify the titles or defend my title before making a permanent move, uh, which is also interesting that he's... Uh, saying that he's, you know, moving up for this fight and don't necessarily count him out of the lightweight division. He says, uh, but because this fight was available right now and it's a much bigger fight than anyone else had at the lightweight, uh, at the lightweight division, I'm, like I mentioned, uh, that's why we're moving up to 140. If unification matches are available at 135 later, then uh, that's what I'm going to go after. He says, I feel that I'm a, a slightly better boxer, just a little bit better than he is. Uh, I've just got to prove it on the 29th. I did tell you uh, that he loses. Uh, he's lost, and I don't lose. Uh, that's where I have the confidence. I don't believe anyone around my division can beat me right now, and I don't think Adrian Broner is going to be the one uh, to give me those kinds of problems. We're going to uh, be obviously training hard to prepare for this fight. We can't take him lightly, but I still believe very, very strongly that I'm the better fighter. Um Confidence is uh, key. Uh, you know, I you know this is this is a pretty pretty even fight. I think Sal. You know, I mean to be honest with you, I think it's a pretty even fight. Uh, I mean, I love Mikey Garcia, but Adrian Broner uh, obviously possesses uh, a skill set that that may very well give uh, uh, Mikey Garcia problems uh, right off the bat. The size difference. I mean, Broner is a bigger guy. He does have hand speed. He's displayed that he's got a solid chin. And uh, Mikey Garcia, although I feel he's a technically sound fighter, may have some problems. I'm looking forward to this. You know, this is this is one of those fights. You know, when you put the personal, uh, you know, opinions aside, maybe you like one fighter better than the other, maybe because of their, you know, uh, mannerisms or, or persona. Uh, it is a tough fight to to pick when you look at skill sets only, uh, and that's what you should be looking at uh, for fights. But uh, what do you think? I agree with you 100 percent and uh, I love what Mikey Garcia has to say I don't think it was too uh, grandioso or bragging I think he uh, is just speaking what he feels in his heart of hearts and you know he is undefeated he is a guy that uh, comes to work and comes to do his display of of skill and, and ability and and I think uh, I think it's going to be a great fight and you know, we 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 will probably see a pretty good uh, Adrian Broner too. I mean, he he's got to be in the right frame of mind, and he's got to fight to win, and that's what these both these guys have to do. And uh, it should be a good competitive bout. I'd like to see Mikey Garcia come out the victor, 
And uh, I got a lot of people's names I've changed to Victor. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, how many more? Ch- you know, we look at fighters. I mean, who you'll see. Well, that's what I'm saying. How many more chances are we going to give Adrian? Well, Bowen I mean, look at what I was just what I, what I was just going to say is look at Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Yeah. I mean, he's he's I got know. more he's got more uh, chances and more lives in boxing than Freddy Krueger had. You know, but uh, but the truth of the matter is is. Uh, you know, Adrian Broner. You know, he's uh, he's exhausted some cha- uh, some chances too, and some opportunities. So, I mean, this is uh, a good opportunity for him. And and a lot of uh, people are are saying stuff like they feel that this is a cash out fight for Broner. So, I mean, really, he's got some stuff to prove as well. So, uh, we'll see. We got uh, we got that looking forward. We're looking forward to that. You know, the big fight we're going to be talking about here in a couple of minutes: Andre Ward against Sergey Kovalev, the rematch. Uh, I got some sports scores to get out of the way and a couple of emails first, uh, and then we'll uh, get into the uh, uh, breakdowns and predictions for uh, Kovalev Ward 2. Uh, in the NBA last night, the Warriors beat the Cavaliers again, uh, putting on a show at the end of the game, uh, 118-113. They take a 3 to nothing lead in the NBA championship finals. It's a best of four. They need one more win. To crown to be crowned the uh, NBA champions, and by the way, they did this in Cleveland last night. Uh, LeBron James still had a solid game, but still, uh, you know, it's tough to come back uh, to win uh, uh, when you're down three nothing. It's tough. It's going to be a, a really tough road for the Cavaliers. Uh, you know, uh, don't be surprised if the Warriors uh, sweep them. You know, break out the brooms. Uh, in the Major League Baseball, Dodgers beat the Nationals two to one. The Rockies beat the Indians 8-1. The Blue Jays over the A's 7-5. The Orioles over the Pirates 9-6 in 11 innings. Uh, the Yankees shut out the Red Sox, avenging a loss from the other day. 8-zip. The Tigers beat the Love Angels. It. The Reds over the Cardinals 6-4. The uh, Rays uh, over the White Sox 3-1. Uh, the Braves put on a hitting display last night 14-1 uh, over the Phillies. Oh, my goodness. Stop the presses. Uh, the Mets won. The Mets won. The Mets won. Whoa, the Mets won. They're amazing. Those amazing Mets. They won 4-3 to three over the Rangers. Uh, the Marlins beat the Cubbies 6-5. to five. The Brewers over the Giants 6-3. to three. Royals over the Astros 7-5. Diamondbacks 7-4 to four over the Padres. And the Mariners beat the Twins 6-5. to five. We got a uh, couple of emails. Let's get the first one out the way. Uh, this one's from uh, our buddy Jesse. Sally says... Uh, Hey, Billy C. and Sal, my picks for uh, Kovalev and, and Ward. He says, uh, I believe Kovalev is going to knock Ward out in the eighth round. Uh, he should throw more punches and move his head. Uh, Rigandow, majority decision over Moses. And uh, Bivol uh, stops uh, Agnew uh, via a TKO in 10. He says, uh, and uh, Luis Arias gets a unanimous decision over RF uh, Magomed, Magomedev. Uh, so, uh, yeah, some good, uh, some good picks there. I... You know, I, I won't tell you what my thoughts are yet, Sal, because we'll be doing that here in a few minutes. But uh, uh, he says, I believe Vlad did do the right thing on picking up the rematch against Anthony Joshua. But I agree with you that probably uh, the same thing is going to happen. But Sal's correct. Vlad should pressure Joshua and throw more punches. Uh, he says, Billy, will you be at the Turning Stone to watch Joel Diaz Jr. against Regis Progress? Um, actually, I, I changed my plans. I, I, I will not. Uh, be going up uh, to the Hall of Fame at all this year. Uh, I got to, uh, um, there's too much stuff I got to do to prepare for uh, uh, what's happening next week uh, in uh, St. Simon. So, uh, no, unfortunately, I won't be there. 
Uh, he says, what's your thoughts on uh, John Fernandez, who promoted, uh, who's promoted by Sergio Martinez? Yeah, co-promotion, right? Um, you know, I, I don't know enough about Fernandez, uh, but I will keep an eye on him. Uh, thanks to you, Jesse, uh, keeping me uh, focused on other fights and fighters. I, I appreciate that. But uh, what do you think of uh, uh, Jesse thinking that uh, you were right? Uh, what, what did you send him a T-shirt or something that that you were right about uh, Vladimir Klitschko trying to put more pressure on Joshua? I mean, when he did put pressure on Joshua, it was successful in the last fight. He was, and uh, I think he's got to do that, and I think he's got to do it more so, magnified. And I think he's got to, you know, be a bully in there because I'll tell you why. I will not lose that image that I had when Anthony Joshua. I believe it was the fifth round, decided he's going to end this fight and charge after Kovalev. Uh, that was just uh, that was just uh, interesting observation. He just went out there and boom, he did it. He just uh, he, he just he just stopped to fill up the tank. He just forgot to do that because he punched himself out that first round, that 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 round. But uh, yeah, I think uh, he's definitely Kovalev's definitely got to do the pressure. He's got to cut the ring off. He's got he's to be a bully in that ring, which was going to bring us to our next fight that we got to talk about. But he's got he's to fight, and he's got to fight, uh, fight hard. He's got to be a bully. He's got to take it to, to Joshua, and he's got to really throw those punches in combinations. And yeah. if he has them hurt, he's got to step on the pedal. I think, I think that, uh, you know, uh, Vladimir Klitschko – should when I'm sure yeah. you know, he's such a perfectionist. I'm sure he's he's watched this fight a hundred thousand times. But um, you're right, and uh, so is Jesse. You know the the truth of the matter is is he was successful when he was putting on pressure uh, on uh, AJ. And and I think that uh, you know I I think that Klitschko, despite being the older guy, uh, 41 years old, uh, uh, the truth of the matter is is that he seemed like he was the guy in. Uh, I don't want to say it, but it's true. Like, he was in better shape. Uh, AJ was in great shape. It's just that he kept running out. Like, he was, his his uh, wind was coming to him in spurts, you know, similar uh, to the way Jean Pascal fights. That's the way the conditioning was coming to uh, AJ. So, uh, if I'm uh, Klitschko, yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with you, Sal. We, you take advantage of, uh, uh, of that questionable um, conditioning and, and, you know, try and catch him. Uh, you know, as he's as he's refueling the tank, as you put it, you know, uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe maybe play a little. You know, it's so dangerous with such a hard puncher like AJ. But if Klitschko plays a little possum for a little bit, hoping that uh, AJ uh, punches himself out and then launches an attack, I don't know. But that seems pretty risky, don't you think? It may be, you know, and and I have to correct myself. I, I said Kovalev. It was Klitschko. I got my K's mixed up. But I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I want to see Klitschko warm up in that dressing room. I don't have to see that, but what I'm saying is he's got to he's got to be warmed in that ring, and I think he should go into that fight and open that first round up like it's his fifth round. In other words, I think he should do a great warm up and ready to go, and he should bring the fight to AJ and really, really just jump on him and surprise him. And get him out of, you know, he's going to have to get a, get him out of first gear, AJ, right off the bell. Right off the bell. And then just do it in a good fashion. Because he's got nothing to lose. He's got nothing to lose. He lost the first fight. He's going to go in for a rematch. And I think he should try and establish uh, power and dominance right from the get-go. And if he gets caught, ah, eh, 
we know what's going to happen. If he doesn't, he's going to he's going to be dominant from the get go and give AJ uh, some reasons to think twice before he comes in. No, you're right. Hey, listen, we're going to take another break. Then, another break. Uh, then, then we got uh, a couple emails okay. to read. We'll start our breakdowns. We got Dax Khan coming up in about a half hour. All of that uh, in about uh, two. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, we're glad we're with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're glad we're with you. Don't forget, we're doing uh, Billy C's uh, Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev rematch post-fight show. As soon as that fight is over, uh, tune in right here uh, on uh, BillyCBoxing.com, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G, or any other uh, TV station that you're watching us on or radio station you're listening to us on. It's going to be across the board. Every platform we have will have the post-fight show, so make sure you uh, check it out. We'll open up the phone lines, and we'll be getting your thoughts after the uh, anticipated uh, rematch between uh, Kovalev and Andre Ward. I'm here with uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, and we are uh, reading a couple of emails before we get into our breakdowns and predictions uh, of the uh, big fight between uh, Ward and Kovalev. Sal, here's another one. This one's from, uh, actually, uh, Johnston, a guy who's got a column up on BillyCBoxing.com. He says, uh, good morning, guys. He says, uh, Lee Haskins defends his IBF World Bantamweight title against an Irishman. Uh, Ryan uh, Burnett is in Belfast uh, Saturday night. That's where the fight's going to be. He says, being on home soil, I think Burnett has a chance, but I think Lee Haskins will get a uh, points victory. What do you think, and how would Haskins fare against WBO champ Zolani Teat, uh, the WBC champ, Sanuki uh, Yamanaka, and WBA champions, which is so funny. They, have, uh, they give out belts, uh, oh, like uh, you're giving out candy on Halloween. Uh, Zanat uh, Zakiyanov and uh, Jamie McDonald. Um, you know, I, I think first things first, uh, Johnston, I think you're right. Uh, Burnett uh, uh, is uh, going to be a, somewhat of a test for Haskins on Saturday as far as uh, should he get by. Um, Zolani uh, Titi is a, uh, is a good uh, fighter. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I, I think that would be a really good matchup. Yamanaka also. A solid fight. I mean, it's a tough division. Uh, as far as far as uh, Yaki uh, Zakianov and, and Jamie McDonald. McDonald's been around. Uh, he uh, is uh, always displayed. Um, you know uh, that he's a good champion. I don't know. I think it's a pretty tough division to be honest with you. And uh, I think we really have to look at his performance this weekend to to really get a good gauge. So uh, uh, I think it's a wide open division, despite uh, so many of them claiming to be the champion. Uh, in uh, uh, in the uh, bantamweight division, uh, he says uh, uh, I would personally like to see Haskins against McDonald with the winner taking on T. 
He says, I believe Teat and Zakianov are the best two in the division, but Haskins and McDonald uh, would be tough opposition. He says, of course, we also have Rasheed Warren, who still has a lot to offer, and Yamanaka, who defends his title against Lewis Neary uh, in August. Uh, what was your idea on how to have a clear champion in every division? You mentioned the league. How would that work? Um, well, first of all, let me respond to... Uh, uh, you thinking that uh, Teat and Zakianano are the two best in the division. I, I don't know. The best way to define the best guy, the best way to find out who the best guy in the bantamweight division is, is, what do you think, Sal? What's, what's the best way to find out who the best one in the division is? Title elimination. <laughs> Have them Round all fight Robert. each other. Fight. Have them all fight, fight each fight other. Fight each other. Fight each other. I was waiting for you to say Jack Dempsey. <laughs> Jack Dempsey. Jack, De well, of course, Jack Dempsey would definitely settle it all. Rasheed Warren, Rasheed Warren, by the way, uh, he's got a lot to go. I, I you know, he's, he's, um, I, I don't know, you know, I, I'd like to see more from him. As far as uh, uh, a clear champion in every division, uh, I mentioned the league. Listen, what I mentioned was I have the blueprint of how a boxing league could work, and we would end up crowning a champion in every division each year. Uh, and it would not interfere with the current championship, uh, you know, uh, plethora of champions that are out there now by the sanctioning bodies. However, um, you know, I'm not really divulging how that would work because you never know. I'd like to present that to somebody and, and get the league going. Uh, but, uh, you know, the cooperation uh, from everyone involved is key. You know, if the fighters and the promoters and the managers and the and the sanctioning bodies aren't willing to do uh, what uh, would have to be done in order for this to work, then no, it won't work. Um, two more emails, and we'll start uh, breaking down the fight. Uh, first and foremost, this one's from uh, my man, uh, Mitch. Uh, this is a, <laughs> oh man, this is a, a continuation of, uh, of our uh, <clears throat> discussion on Virgil Hunter. And how uh, uh, I personally think he's an overrated uh, trainer, and uh, my man Mitch. Well, he's got some uh, he's got some facts for us here. Uh, he says uh, these are all fighters that Virgil has uh, been added to their team. He says Abner Maris, and these are all after uh, Virgil's uh, uh, you know became part of the team. He says Abner Maris regressed, not the same guy, and could wind up blind. If uh, Virgil doesn't teach him some of defense, that eye is damaged. Now, remember, Virgil Hunter is supposed to be a guru with defense. And uh, uh, Mitch makes a great point here with uh, Maris. He goes, Andre Berto regressed. He almost got Berto killed. Three of Berto's five losses came since 2013. And his two wins over Josito Lopez and Steve Upshaw Chambers were shaky. Uh, Amir Khan, he says, regressed. Some thought he lost to Algeri before uh, he got uh, knocked out by Canelo. Alfredo Angulo, he says he regressed and he shot, which is, I can't argue. He says Kareem Mayfield regressed, never, ever learned to use his left hand for anything. Fonfara, he says regressed and he shot. That could be uh, very well true. He says <laughs> Mike Dallas right. Jr. regressed. However, after dropping... Hunter for uh, Batista, he won two in a row and got a disputed draw in which he really won against Dusty uh, Harrison. Demetrius Andre, well, the only debatable fight in Andre's career was a split 
decision win in 2013. Hunter was his trainer for for 2013. Only one fight that he got a dis <laughs> a split decision win that some people thought he lost. He says Chaz Witherspoon. Virgil joined Chaz in 2012 and trained him for the worst loss in his career. He got knocked out by a future Hall of Famer. Seth Mitchell, he says, oh, wait, I meant future high school football Hall of Famer, Seth Mitchell. If you guys recall, Seth Mitchell uh, is not even fighting anymore. Um, great reminder from my man Mitch of some of the uh, uh, so-called uh, uh, trained uh, fighters by uh, uh, Hunter. And, and this is sure a guy was. that uh, um, I think is the overrated. And, and thank you for uh, giving us some of the uh, data. Um, and final uh, email, this one's from... Uh, uh, Raheem, your boy Raheem. He says, um, hey, Billy C and Sal. He says, Raheem here. Yeah, I, I know, Raheem, I know. He says, uh, my pops and I would like to know who you and Sal think uh, of the boxers today and ones in the past are best at work in the body and who uh, were known for knockouts uh, to the body. My pop says he thinks uh, today's fighters lack uh, body work. I know uh, for... Uh, Raheem, he says, for me, Miguel Cotto was great uh, at the body shops, but not so much now. And do you and Sal have any good stories about boxing uh, from your days uh, when you received a body shot and how it felt and how to overcome the pain? I saw on YouTube De La Hoya take a body shot from Hopkins, but a lot of my friends think that fight was fixed. Uh, first and foremost, I don't think that fight was fixed at all. I think that that fight is a great uh, indication of what happens when uh, uh, you get uh, rocked to the body. You just can't continue. You, your mind is trying to get you up, but you're paralyzed for a sec, uh, for you know, a couple seconds. Uh, as far as body workers, uh, you know, body shot guys in the past, Julio Cesar Chavez, obviously uh, one of the top. Uh, McCallum, the body snatcher, another one. Uh, who comes to mind for you, Sal? Roberto Duran comes to mind. Yep. Yep. And uh, I think he would, he, Definitely was very effective to the body. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Marvin Hagler also threw some good body shots. Um, I'll tell you, I uh, I still, <laughs> I was not a very, very big fan of Jerry Cooney. And I used to train next to him in Gleason's gym when he was trained by Victor Valley. But Jerry's a nice guy. I mean, aside from that. and uh, But I always rooted for Jerry. And... Uh, when I saw him fight Kenny Norton, and he destroyed Kenny Norton, I think it was a left hook to the liver, and he, Kenny's back was on the ropes, and I just have that image in my mind right now. Jerry Cooney used a left hook to the body of Kenny Norton, and that was it. Kenny Norton folded in half, went down, and I'd have to say, in my mind right there, that was one of the most devastating best thrown body shots that I've seen in a top, top fight. And uh, like I said, he, he won by a knockout. And he, he just bent over Kenny Norton with a body shot. Well, guy we talked about yes, yesterday, Rocky Graziano. Uh, with a great body punch. Uh, you know, I mean, he was... Uh, and, and I do agree with uh, Raheem's pops that, uh, you know, the body work from fighters today is non-existent and extinct but maybe the reason isn't so much the fighters faults maybe the reason is the referees faults because we talk about this all the time whenever you see a fighter that gets in close uh 
the referee comes and breaks them apart. The the art of infox uh, infighting is is virtually extinct. And when you got guys like Floyd Mayweather and Andre Ward who hold and run and and do the uh, you know the style that a lot of young people actually mistakenly referred to as the sweet science, that added to it too. They want the referee to break it up. No, Floyd Mayweather doesn't want to get into an infight because he knows he can't survive like that. So he holds and uh, or runs, and same thing with Ward. So uh, a lot of it isn't the fighter's fault. It's it's the way referees ref the fights today. What do you think? Yeah, I think a lot of it is the referees, uh, you know, right now, you know, because infighting was allowed a lot, uh, a lot more. It was more relaxed stuff. And, you know, the guys usually did what they had to do, whether they held, whether they tried to jockey for a position, I use that term, and let their free hand go and, you know, chop away or whatever it was. You know, there was seemed to be a, a better environment for infighting to occur in, in the decades past. Uh, I, I, I'm curious, too. I wonder what the differences today with some of these fighters coming in with these extra large protective cups and their trunks pulled up over that and and what it was compared to 40 50 years ago with the smaller protective cups and the the waistbands and the shorts maybe being held right on them or lower or whatever who knows so i'd like to see how how much of the range of inches might have been uh, eliminated by some of the some of the protective cups and the shorts being pulled up to, uh, over those today yeah the way versus uh, yesterday the way, they're wearing uh, high waters today some of these guys yeah the the way uh uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but the way the referee uh, wears his pants, he uses his belt and, uh, uh, you know, uh, for a tie, he wears them up so high. All right, let's get let's get going with the. I, I got some other stuff to talk about, but you know what? We're uh, we're killing time here. Let, let's not. We're not killing time. We're wasting time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kovalev Ward two. Um, some quotes yesterday. Uh, Dax is going to be joining us here uh, in about 15 minutes and give us some more quotes from the conference call yesterday but uh, Kovalev said this training camp uh we deleted all my mistakes from the last fight and we're doing good he says uh like I like uh I think right now is much better and right now training camp is going great everything is good and we'll see uh uh on June 17th he says you know uh everything depends from my preparation how I get in the best shape for this fight and I'm trying to get in the best shape now uh we could see what happens in on June 17th I don't know uh, like how exactly the fight's going to uh, be by decision or somebody stopping each other. Let's just see. I don't have a prediction. I just have one goal, and that's to beat Andre Ward and beat the, the SHI, and then you know the last one, out of him because he doesn't deserve the belt uh, and the status of being called a champion. He now really uh, uh, walks around with his nose high in the air and uh, don't even see people around him. I want to put him back in his place. Andre Ward, uh, as far as the quote, uh, I have from him, you know, he's he seems to be hung up on the fact that people are suggesting that he's, uh, you know, using performance-enhancing drugs. And uh, he's uh, commented on it. He says, I've been tested at least five times this camp, which kind of makes me wonder. I've been tested at least five times. You should know how many times you've been tested. That yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that comment, but whatever. Uh, he says, I don't know what people might be reading, but with all due respect, there's lies on the Internet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, hey, Are you hey. kidding me? I thought everything on the internet was true, Andre. Oh, you're, you're just as smart as you think you are, huh? Oh, I see. Uh, he says, uh, the desire's still there, and I'm not getting hit with punches I hadn't been getting hit with or anything like that. 
you know, I, I can't really deny or disagree with Sergey Kovalev. Andre Ward is the biggest diva in boxing. He doesn't really, uh, he shouldn't really be a diva because although he was, uh, in my opinion, the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world during the Super 6, that was six years ago. And uh, I don't believe that he won the first fight against Kovalev, although I can't call it a robbery because the fight was close. Uh, if I recall, uh, I, I had it uh, even with the exception of the knockdown. And I thought the knockdown made the fight. Uh, so uh, let's get into it right now. Sergey Kovalev, former uh, world light heavyweight champion. Uh, I refer to him as a light heavyweight champion because, and just like I refer to Andre Ward as the current world uh, light heavyweight champion, I do not put Adonis Stevenson in that mix because Adonis Stevenson has not fought the level of opposition that Kovalev has. I give Andre Ward credit for being the champion because he beat Kovalev. Uh, whether I agreed with the decision or not, it's the official decision. Uh, Kovalev uh, did have the WBA, IBF, and WBO world titles. Uh, his last fight, he lost a decision to uh, Andre Ward, a unanimous decision, which I thought was uh, complete uh, BS. Uh, I also thought that the last round easily was Kovalev's. Uh, the last two rounds were easily Kovalev's. And all the judges scored that last round for Andre Ward, which, you know, uh, that stunk. That stunk uh, yeah. in more ways than one. Sergey Kovalev, uh, he's ranked uh, number two in the world uh, by the computer. He's 34 years old, 6 foot tall, 72 and a half inch reach. Uh, we know his level of opposition, uh, his last uh, fights. Uh, Andre Ward, Isaac Chalimba, Jean Pascal, uh, Mohamed I, uh, Jean Pascal, Bernard Hopkins, uh, uh, Blake Caparello, uh, Cedric, uh, Cedric Agnew, Nathan Cleverly, etc., etc., fought everybody that's uh, available in that division. You look at Andre Ward, uh, he's uh, currently the world light heavyweight champion, in my opinion. WBA, IBF, WBO, all three titles he won from Sergey Kovalev. Uh, he was also a former world super middleweight champion. And like I said, during the Super 6 tournament, I felt that Andre Ward was the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world over Floyd Mayweather. And the reason was because he fought the much stiffer opposition when he was a super middleweight. When he became a light heavyweight, not so much. He's been uh, picking and cherry-picking and, and really uh, full of himself. Uh, he's 33 years old. He's ranked number one by the computer. So uh, we have number one fight, number two. You can't ask for better than that. One year younger than Kovalev. Same height, six foot. Uh, but he's got a one-inch reach disadvantage uh, compared to Kovalev. Uh, in his last fight, he did win over Kovalev to win the titles. Unanimous decision. I disagree, but it was a close fight. Uh, before that, he had some easy fights. Alexander Brand, a uh, not ready for a major fight. Uh, Sullivan Barrera. Paul Smith was a complete joke of a fight. Edwin Rodriguez was nothing more than a punching bag. Chad Dawson was spent. You got to go all the way back, and that was in 2012. You got to go all the way back to 2011, six years ago, when he fought Carl Frotch and won the Super Six tournament. Uh, my uh, opinion on Andre Ward is he just hasn't been busy enough. Now, as far as the fight itself, you know, this fight, I, you know, the first fight, I give uh, Andre Ward a lot of credit because I feel that Andre Ward. Uh, engaged with Kovalev in the first fight. Something I wasn't thinking that he was going to do. I, I thought that he would, uh, you know, run and hold and, and uh, you know, do what he does. Uh, but he did engage. Uh, he also realized that uh, Kovalev can uh, punch pretty hard. And uh, he also, uh, uh, for some reason, felt that uh, he could uh, put out uh, Kovalev uh, and try to, uh, 
bang with Kovalev, which, uh, you know, he realized was a mistake when he uh, kissed the canvas. Um, you know, what does he got to do in the second fight? Well, I don't think he's going to engage in this fight. I think that Andre Ward is going to try to run uh, or, you know, you could call it whatever you want. I'm going to call it running, but uh, he's going to try to, uh, you know, implement uh, movement, more movement in this fight. I do expect him to make it more of a boring fight. I think that Andre Ward wants to slow the tempo down. I think that Andre Ward is going to try to go back to what he uh, does best. He's going to clinch. He's going to hold. He's going to try to work the body, uh, but waiting for the referee to break it up. I think the referee is going to play an important role in this fight to see if they fight, uh, let them fight, or if they're going to favor towards uh, Andre Ward. I have this feeling that uh, uh, you know Andre Ward is the is the favorite in terms of. Uh, who the powers in boxing want to see win, which uh, I, I think is unfair. As far as Kovalev, well, you know, Sergey Kovalev, uh, I think he's stronger. Uh, I think that in the first fight, he, he didn't cut the ring off right. He let uh, Ward dictate uh, how that fight went. Uh, basically, uh, uh, Andre Ward uh, had Kovalev following him around that ring like a puppy dog. And uh, Sergey Kovalev can't let that happen in this fight. He's got to cut the ring off, and he's got to make it a tough, rough-and-tumble fight. Not that I uh, support uh, illegal tactics or anything like that, but I do believe that it's important for Kovalev to be rough in this fight. If it means hitting him below the belt a couple of times, uh, by accident, of course, then so be it. But he's got to be in the face of Andre Ward. If Andre Ward is, uh, is holding him... Then he's got to rip a page out of the Mike Tyson book. Try to bend his elbow, break his friggin' elbow if he has to. You know, he has to make it rough. If Kovalev can make this fight a rough and tumble fight, get Andre Ward out of his uh, uh, comfort zone, then he's got a chance. If he follows uh, Ward around this ring uh, like he did the first time, the same result is going to happen. Uh, my uh, official... And one thing I want to mention, in era. A couple of days ago, I uh, was misinformed and then conveyed that on this show. Uh, my man, John David Jackson, is still uh, Kovalev's trainer. Somewhere along the line, I was misinformed and uh, thought that uh, uh, he had left. I did not think he went and joined Ward's camp, but a lot of that news came out that they were trying to get him to, to go over there, etc., etc. and uh, John David Jackson uh, squashed that, those rumors. My official prediction in this fight, Sergey Kovalev. I think Sergey Kovalev is going to uh, win this fight. I think he is going to fight the game plan that I suggest. Uh, I think that uh, he is going to make it a rough and tumble fight. He's going to try to bring it to Ward, and he's going to be successful. Ward thinks uh, who he is, and remember who's in his corner, Virgil Hunter. Once Ward can't handle it himself, Virgil Hunter has no instruction. He's a Zen master in his mind, and we all saw what happened to Fun Farah. I'm not suggesting that the same thing will happen to Ward, but uh, I'm picking Kovalev. Uh, and I, I'm picking him by stoppage because he won't win by decision. If this fight goes to the scorecards, regardless of who wins, Ward will win. Uh, unfortunately, that's the way it is because we have corrupt judging in the sport of boxing. My official pick, Kovalev by stoppage. Sal, your thoughts, my man? The same. <laughs> Jack Dempsey. Hey, Jack Dempsey. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Billy, you uh you dissected, analyzed and and pretty much relayed a lot of what I uh, or conveyed a lot of what I feel. 
Um, we did talk off the air about it yesterday, and we both agree that Kovalev has got to be a bully in that ring. He's got to be nasty. He's got to be who he is. He's got to be dominant. He's got to be strong. He's got to be like a bull. And again, a lot, a lot of times. Uh, what? I lost you there. Got a box. Uh, we warm up. We stretch. We do a lot of things to get ready. But then we we sit. And we have our mind and we, we focus and we really get into the groove. We get into the frame of the mind and the state of the mind. And I think all that preparation in the locker room, I think, again, Kovalev's got to come out warm like he's going into the third, fourth round. I watched that fight again. And Kovalev, I think, was so dominant in the early rounds. And he dropped Ward with that right hand in the, in the second round. And uh, at that moment, I didn't think uh, Ward was going to see the sixth round. But to his credit, he came back. I could almost analogize this fight and look at it as this was knowing their two styles and how they fought. This was almost a 30-pound heavier fight of looking at Sugar Ray Leonard and, and Roberto Duran, the first fight. Now, with that being said, like you're suggesting, I think Andre Ward is going to try to move a little bit more like Duran and Leonard started to move around Duran a second fight. I think that's what we can expect from Andre Ward. Kovalev's got to be a bully in that ring. And you're right. He followed Kovalev around that ring like a puppy dog. And he no, can't Co do that. No, no. You meant, you meant Kovalev followed Ward around. That's what I meant. Thank you for correcting me. I was, I was, I was seeing it in my mind. Uh, the, name, the names would change to protect the innocent. Uh, protect okay. the innocent. <laughs> or protect the obvious. But anyway, I'm telling you right now. He followed, Kovalev followed Andre Ward around that ring like a puppy dog. And I was I was fighting myself. When, I, when I'm saying, no, don't do this, no, go to that ring, go this, go this. You, you know, it's just, it's just amazing because, you know, these are fundamentally uh, fundamental instructions you learn at an early age. And when I saw him, he started fighting Andre Ward's fight. When you see a fighter doing that, you're fighting your opponent's fight. And he cannot do that. He's got to go out there and be dominant. And now I'll tell you another thing. Andre Ward, in his heart of hearts, in his lone time, he's got to feel that he's got – he had – luck on his side that night and he has got to know that in his heart of hearts that he did get uh the the blessing of the three judges and nothing i if i was uh kovalev i would insist on international judges correct me if i'm wrong but i thought all three judges were from the united states including the referee i think i would suggest to have some international judges present at this fight as well um and uh i i you know I don't think he should leave it to the judges. I would like to see Kovalev go out there, be dominant, cut the ring off on him. And, and I saw a couple of times Andre Ward would paw his jab. Not, you know, he'd throw it effectively, and he would use it. But a lot of times he would just paw to either get his range or do this. If, if I was Kovalev, I'd look at time and slap that hand down and come over the hand with a right. He's got to throw some right leads, but he can't just throw one punch at a time. That's another thing he did. Same thing like Klitschko did. It's one punch at a time. Kovalev's got to throw combination. He's got to throw that right, whether it's a right lead. He's got to come back with a hook, boom, boom. And he's got to throw combinations. And he's got to work the body and the head. He's got to cut the ring off. And that's his pathway to victory. And I could see if he does some of these things and he comes out there, he's going to fight to win. He's going to be a bully if he has to. Uh, I would see this fight not going past eight, 
or maybe 10th round with war being stopped by Kovalev. Combination? I have number four combination. Uh, you have has, combination. Uh, broccoli broccoli, broccoli you, he's got, one, broccoli he's got to throw combinations. I didn't see many punches. You know, one, two maybe, but you got to throw three, four, five. You got to come back. And like I said, he could come over the top with a right lead hook. Boom, 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 boom. And just, just he's got to be relentless. Listen, I, you know, I'm like sorry. the late, great Sam Langford used to say, bring your own judges with you. You're left and you're right. That's it. And, you're left and, and you're right. And, and I, I agree. The bottom line is Kovalev has to be more aggressive. But the one thing, I, and, and I think, you know, we, we were talking about this off air yesterday. You know, Kovalev can't show any kind of respect to Ward. He can't. No. If he expects to win this fight, he has to show. And, and he's showing no respect in, in the press. He's been talking a lot of smack. He's been saying a lot of things, but even with his quote, it said, you know, one of us is going to get knocked out. No, you know, you can't have that that uh, little bit of doubt. You know, he's got to be positive. Uh, credit what credit's due. Andre Ward is very confident. Uh, and, and remember one thing, Sal. Andre Ward, I know we're over our break here. We're going to get uh, Dax on in a minute. But, um, uh, you know, over uh, 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 the one thing about Andre Ward is Andre Ward is a great, and I'm going to say it again, he's a great counterpuncher. And I think that Sergey Kovalev was made uh, well aware of that in camp during the last fight. And I think because of uh, Andre Ward's ability to counterpunch effectively, uh, Sergey Kovalev ended up being a little too much, uh, you know, showing a little too much respect. He's got to let that go away. You know, I don't know, and only Sergey Kovalev knows, if Ward actually hurt him in that fight. You know, uh, Kovalev has been down in the past uh, by, you know, flash knockdowns. He's, he's gotten up and recovered and won, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, if Andre Ward hurt him at any point, well, then, you know, he's got to respect him. If he didn't, if Andre Ward did not hurt Kovalev at all, the word respect can't be in, in Sergey Kovalev's vocabulary, both in, in, in the ring. It's certainly not in it out of the ring. But what makes the difference is in the ring and that's what we're going to find out uh in another weeks and uh, uh i you know there's a lot uh there's a lot to it and i know boxing is mostly mental but uh uh i don't know you know ward has got a uh, a very uh, uh calmness uh, unique calmness going around uh similar to when evander holyfield uh, fought and uh you know it's confidence a, a calm confidence that uh, andre ward has uh, yes. As far as their trainers are concerned, I think John David Jackson is a much better trainer. He's more of a versatile trainer than uh, Virgil Hunter. And, uh, you know, not that uh, that makes a, a difference in the fight. But th what does make a difference, Sal, is the instruction that both fighters receive uh, in between rounds. And uh, so far, I I've never heard anything um, <laughs> instructional out of Virgil Hunter's mouth. So, uh uh, you know, if it if it's all Andre Ward and he doesn't need anybody else except the guy to give him water between rounds, well, that's what he's got with Virgil Hunter. But uh, uh, interesting fight. We both predict uh, Kovalev in the rematch. Will it set up a third fight? I don't know. Hold that thought, uh, Sal, because we're going to take a short break. I'm going to add Dax here and get his thoughts, and the three of us can start our own little circus uh, coming up uh, <laughs> in about uh, in about two minutes. So. Uh, don't right. go nowhere. We'll be uh, right back. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> 
you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And, you know, we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget about tuning in uh, June 17th as soon as, as soon as the uh, conclusion of uh, Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev uh, rematch takes place. We will be doing uh, Billy C.'s uh, Kovalev Ward post-fight show. And uh, somebody that's going to be joining us uh, with his thoughts is joining Sal and I right now. Uh, Dax Khan uh, is with us. What's up, Dax? Good morning. How's everybody today? Oh, not too bad, my man. Uh, Kovalev Ward 2, Dax. I know uh, before you give us uh, your official prediction, you spent some time on the uh, media call uh, yesterday. Give us, uh, give us a heads up on what took place there. I'm going to call one... Um... Thing. Listen I, to Sal. Uh, it, you know, hey, Sal, can you stop folding papers and stuff? Dax you heard that? To talk. Dax is trying to talk. Do we have to hang up on you? Come on, I'm so- Dax. I apologize, man. I mean, I, you know, you know. I mean, jeez, come on, no, Sal. Come on. Hey, I'm sorry. Come I apologize, on. Dax. All right. Are no you ready, Dax? Paper. Go ahead, Dax. Oh, Finish, Dax. That's, I'm sorry. that's all right, Sal. Just make sure you get the air conditioner fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that too? Yes, I did. But oh. anyway, um. You know, this is, um, they, they didn't seem, there was a whole different tone uh, uh, with these people than there was leading up to the first fight, Bill. You know, there, there was a, um, everybody just did not seem to have the excitement that they did in the first fight. You know, this this more or less kind of seemed like, you know, they, they were just going through the motions um, going, you know, into this call. There was a lot of issues going on there. Uh, there was not a lot of big media names on there. The only um, recognizable media outlets that really took part in the call was uh, Dan Rayfield from ESPN, and they had people on there from uh, Ring TV and uh, the Las Vegas Review. The rest of it was a lot of very small, unrecognizable websites. Uh, Kathy Duba, when she was asked on how do you think that this uh, pay-per-view is going to do, do you think it would do as well as the first or past it, she was uh, very short and curt with her answer. She kind of deflected it. Um, I don't predict numbers. Uh, Rock Nation won the rights to promote this event, so that's on them. Uh, you know, so she was not happy with losing the purse bid for this event, uh, first of all. So you, you can tell that, you know, this is something that more or less they're a little annoyed with, and they kind of, to me, it seems they're going into this feeling already as if something isn't going to go their way. You know, I kind of got a little of that with uh, with some of uh, Kovalev's comments, you know. But uh, Raphael was there. Oh, they must have they must have sent him uh, some lunch or something so he could uh, be part of that. You know, Dan Raphael, uh, you know, a guy that uh, will never pass a buffet by. But uh, you know, that's. Uh, do you think they're using uh, some of that negativity uh, to their advantage, or do you think it's hurting them, Dax? I just think that more or less what it is is that, you know, they don't want to sell this up. Um, there may be a little bit of bitterness about the first fight with the scores. Uh, one of the things that 
really that you could tell about the low quality of this call was that the same question was being asked continuously again and again. I think I counted about 10 times when they asked, Sergey, are you upset with the scoring? Uh, Sergey, do you feel you were being robbed? Uh, even Sergey Kovalev, who's usually, when it comes to uh, answering questions, is, is very cordial. Um, you know, Sergey is a guy of not of a lot of words, but he's very direct with his comments. You know, it even got to the point where when they're asking, uh, well, how do you feel? Do you, don't, do you hate Andre Ward? And he's like, you know something, to be honest with you, I don't dis- I don't hate the guy. He just he doesn't occupy my time. I don't spend all my time thinking about Andre Ward. And, um, you know, then they continue just continue, uh, asking the same thing again and again. Um, now, people are saying that Sergey Kovalev has a chip on his shoulder. He's going to be over anxious. Um, they say he's going to cause him to be reckless in his fight. But you know something, I just think Sergey Kovalev, he just wants to fight. He doesn't want to sell up the fight. I think the last time that, you know, he was a little bit um, too involved with trying to make this a big, huge event instead of just going in there and doing what Sergey Kovalev is supposed to do. John David Jackson, you know, he said he had it for, uh, I think, 9-3 or maybe uh, 8-4 at the, at the worst for them in their favor, obviously. You know, he thinks that Ward's camp is the one that needs to switch up. They're not going to get away with doing the same tactics they did last time. You know, um, somebody you had mentioned or Sal had mentioned something before about the um, the John David Jackson, Sergey Kovalev. Having, you know, Andre Ward has been trying to play some mental games as of late, uh, going around telling people that, you know, uh, uh, Sergey Kovalev and John David Jackson almost came to blows after uh, the first fight back in, in the dressing room because Sergey Kovalev was unhappy with the way John David Jackson ran the corner. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but Andre Ward just recently started coming out and being very vocal about that. All of a sudden, he's a master of mind games, and I just think really a lot of that is aggravating Sergey Kovalev and the team, and they just want to take care of business because never in the past have they been ones to, you know, to talk a lot and go about a lot of um, build-up and shenanigans, and you know, as the fight draws closer, they just want to stop doing the, the selling. They don't want to sell. They just want to fight. And Kathy Duva, I can understand her uh, her view and her perspective. You know, Rock Nation wanted to promote this so bad. Rock Nation has never promoted a major event. Um, you know, their company really much relies on Andre Ward. So, you know what? Let it all fall into Rock Nation hands. The pressure is on Rock Nation and Andre Ward, in my opinion, to win this fight. And they can't just win it. They have to win it in sensational fashion because Andre Ward is never going to get credit uh, for being the true um, man of this division unless he wins by sensational fashion, considering the way the first fight went. Hey, Sal, uh, Andre Ward, in my opinion, uh, had taken on this, you know, he's better than, than everyone else uh, kind of an attitude. And what Dax just said may be true in terms of how we look at Andre Ward and, and what he needs to do um, you know, to keep his career or at least get his career the way people used to look at him when he was a super middleweight, specifically in the Super 6. But I personally think that he doesn't give a rat's ass about what people think and that all he cares about is winning. He'll spin it uh, in his favor. Um, what do you think? Do you think that uh, this is a guy that, you know, his main goal is just to win? I mean, does he really care about what people think? And... Do you think that, uh, you know, some of the discussion Dax is saying about Rock Nation winning the purse, but, you know, one of the big knocks I've always given on Ward is he can't draw. He does not draw well, even in his own town, his hometown. He doesn't draw well. This is a guy that most people don't want to go see. What's your thoughts? I think you're right. And, you know, he's not uh, uh, the crowd 
favored that are going to have people come out of the woodwork to come and see him on a lot of levels. And, you know, I, I think their first fight should be enough to have the boxing fan want to see a second fight in return uh, with the anticipation of seeing something good or something true happen and see what's going to happen. And I also think that, like I said, Andre Ward's got a feeling in his heart of hearts that he had some lady luck or something in his corner that night. Because uh, I think he knows that uh, that fight was a lot closer than three judges giving it the United decision to him. So he got lucky. I think he knows that and his heart of hearts. Uh, and Kovalev, you know, uh, if there's stuff coming from his corner, like I said, he's got to feel dominant. He's got to believe in himself, and he's got to go out there and fight and be a bully and take that fight and not let it go to the judges' cards. And that's 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 it. But Andre Ward, um, you know, he he's an elitist in his mind. He's not going to want to fall into the trap of 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 uh, of uh, he really. To answer your original question, I don't think he does care too much about what media or what people think. He just wants to go out there and win. So on positive note, that's what fighters should do. But uh, on another note, you know, you always like to be uh, looked upon favorably as well from your fans and other people. I've been trying to date Lady Luck for a long time, Dax, and uh, she uh, she <laughs> never overrated. comes to me. But uh, <laughs> no. hey, Dax, what's going on with these accusations? Uh, about uh, Andre Ward and performance enhancing drugs, I personally, I mean, you're you're Mr. Social Media for us, and uh, I, I it's flown under my radar, and uh, he seemed to uh, uh, make that a, a topic of the discussion yesterday on the media call. What's that about? That's just Andre Ward trying to play mind games. That's all. That Andre Ward has suddenly decided that you know he's going to be. This this guy who's this master of mind games, and you know it's it's really not working out well for him because you know when he says it, you, he you can tell he's reaching, he's bringing up stuff that there's no reason to even talk about. And Andre Ward, you know, even in the the twenty four sevens leading up to the first fight, it was continuous about you know his rough childhood, and it was continuous about the relationship with him and Virgil Hunter. It's all great, but you know something, they're just like really trying to sell Andre Ward a little bit too hard. And that's an, um, a mistake that Rock Nation is making because, you know, when you're having close fights like this and you're shoving things like that down people's throat and you're coming up with stuff, you are purposely bringing that stuff up to try and create a, a little bit of um, more, more or less tabloid type media to get people talking about something that's not there. There's no reason for it. Just go into the ring and uh, perform. You know, the first fight did very horrible in their pay-per-view numbers. You know, it was, and much of that you have to blame on Andre Ward, and I don't believe that this fight is going to do any better. In fact, I think it's going to do worse in the pay-per-view numbers because Rock Nation is uh, putting it on. There's some fights on the undercard, you know what, that were made horribly that they could have made different guys against um, keep the same guys on that card but put them in against each other and you know kind of made this undercard a little bit better because a lot of people are you know or, or a little bit discouraged already before the fight even starts, and that includes uh, the Kovalev camp, as uh, stated before. Um, you know, Andre Ward is seems to be upset in my opinion, that he's not getting credit for his win because it was a very close fight. Whether you want to call it a robbery or just say, you know what, it could have gone either way, that doesn't matter. But, you know, Andre Ward, in his mind, in his heart of hearts, it appears that, you know, he should be given credit and he's upset that people even considered the fact this fight might be close. Um, the fact of uh, 
Sergey Kovalev, he speaks about he overtrained for the first fight. Uh, Ray Mancini, who uh, is one of the few guys who happened to come out and say, you know what, that's very possible. And he stated that he's done that before in his career. Uh, you know, Kovalev, I think he's going to go in there, and he's just not this time. And in his own words, he said he gave Andre Ward too much respect the last fight. He actually thought Andre Ward was going to be a lot better than what he was. And you hit something on when you said, you know, he has to be a little bit rough and a little bit dirty. Andre Ward is a little bit dirty. Not that he's a dirty fighter, but he has some dirty tricks to him. And you know something, guys that are boxers like that, that have the little bit of dirty tricks, you got to be a bully. And Andre Ward, again, keeps calling Sergey Kovalev the bully to kind of deflect from those type of um, tactics that he has. You know something, to be a bully... You know, when you call somebody a bully, you are a bully, more or less, you know. And, uh, you know, Kovalev has to go in there and just be the bully and not worry about the judges and what they're going to say. The judges for this fight, I believe, is Glenn Feldman, Dave Moretti, and Steve Weisfeld. Weisfeld has been a judge in the past for Sergey Kovalev on quite a few bouts, never for Andre Ward. Um, Glenn Feldman has been a judge for both fighters in the past, so it's not like they're not dealing with judges they've never been with before. Kovalev doesn't seem bothered with the fact that there's no international judges. He was asked that a few times. He said that doesn't matter. Um, the rematch, why they keep talking about, and Ward's team, Andre is better in rematch. He's more dominant. I don't remember these rematches that Andre has ever had. Uh, Sergey Kovalev, though, um, against Darnell Boone, the guy who gave him a split decision, he came back and he uh, just dominated and stopped Darnell Boone. Darnell Boone knocked down Andre Ward. He wasn't given a rematch. Uh, John Pascal, Sergey Kovalev stopped him around earlier in the rematch than he did in the first match. So it seems to me that Sergey Kovalev is the guy who's better in the rematches because I don't remember Andre Ward having any rematches. So, you know, again, the pressure is all on Andre Ward. And you know something? He may fold in that because of the fact that he has a lot riding on it and unless Andre Ward wins this fight you know something he's not going to be a marketable guy again he hasn't really been marketable uh, in the first place his highlight was the Super 6 and at light heavyweight there's a lot of stars and there's even a couple guys on this card that's going to be coming after Andre Ward sooner than later and Andre Ward is not going to be able to sit on those titles and live off of his accomplishments anymore those days are done you know one of the things that uh, both sure. you guys mentioned uh, and myself as well. You know, Ward doesn't draw. You know, the pay-per-view numbers were bad um, in the last one, and, and I agree with you, Dax. I don't think they're going to be very good this time. I mean, you could make the argument that, uh, you know, Kovalev uh, is the reason for that, uh, as well as Ward. I think the combination of both of them, it is a big fight, uh, but it is flying under the radar. Um, like all of Andre Ward's fights, except for the Super Six, I think Rock Nation has their whole promotional company on the line for this fight. They put all their eggs in one basket with Andre Ward. They lost Miguel Cotto. They, uh, you know, signed the two biggest divas in boxing, and uh, they're stuck with Andre Ward. Uh, maybe the best thing for them is for Ward to lose. I don't know. Maybe it'll give them a chance to build up some of the young fighters. Maybe this is their last hurrah. Maybe it's their last shot. I don't know. Dax. What's your official prediction? How do you see this fight going? I see this fight being, early on, I see Sergey Kovalev coming out and trying to make Andre Ward respect him. I think Andre Ward is going to come out there and try to make a statement of his own and say, you know what, I can stand toe-to-toe with you. But I think uh, Sergey Kovalev and John David Jackson are expecting that. You know, there's really not much more they can do. They have shown that Sergey Kovalev can box with Andre Ward. 
Uh, the only thing they need to do is close that distance and not let Andre Ward move around the ring. As you stated before, he followed Andre Ward instead of uh, cutting the ring off, and that's going to be the difference. There was one comment that uh, kind of gave a little bit of a uh, hint on what they're going to do, and that comment was that Andre Ward is going to have to let his hands go in this fight and when he does, he's risking himself being caught with a counter. Andre Ward has to play Russian roulette. So that more or less tells me that they're going to make Andre Ward stand, trade, fight on the inside, where Andre Ward really isn't all that comfortable. And the best that he does is he holds and he waits for the referee to break him up. And, you know, he kind of uses his head a little bit on the inside. So I think John David Jackson is ready for all that. Who's the referee? And I think Kovalev Who? is going to win. Who's the referee? The referee on this, I think Tony Weeks, isn't he? You know, I, what Tony? I I I, I don't I know. Could be I could wrong. Can't, I can't remember. But was wasn't Tony Weeks the ref for the last one? Um, you know what? I don't know. You know, I, I, I off the top of my head, I can't remember. You know, to tell to tell you the truth, I think the referee is going to be an important part of this fight. Tony, I'm pretty sure so Tony too. Weeks is the referee for this fight, and I think um. The last one, he was... No, Robert Byrd was the referee for that last fight. Oh, oh. I, you know, I don't mind. Robert Byrd lets them fight. Robert Byrd let them fight, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I hope that... Uh, uh, Tony Weeks, sometimes he's good and sometimes he's not. I, You know, uh, I, I just don't want... I, I want it to be a fair fight. I want it to be a fight that, that both fighters get an opportunity to fight. You know, uh, we were just we had an email earlier, you know, within fighting and body work and everything else. And a lot of referees prevent that from happening. You also mentioned the, the three judges. You know, uh, Sal made a great point earlier about having, uh, you know, an international judge. Mainly his point was, you know, uh, uh, a, a judge that, uh, you know, is uh, non-biased, you know, uh, and, and we don't have that here in the United States. The local commission picks the judges uh, over in uh, uh, Europe. Uh, it's the other way around. The sanctioning body does. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. Steve Weisfield uh, comes, sometimes has some crazy scores. And Dave Moretti, uh, a guy I know personally, and normally I think he uh, does a great job. I think he was one of the judges for the first fight, wasn't he? Moretti was... That I can't remember, to be honest with you. I don't think he was a judge for the first fight. Yeah, well, Moretti sometimes is good, but in recently uh, I've seen some crazy, uh, crazy scorecards put in by him as well. So, uh, you know, I, I just want I want the fight in the fighter's hands. I, I don't want the referee. Uh, thank God we got a referee in, in Tony Weeks that you know he's not a camera hog. He, he's he's one of the better referees when it comes to that. He's not trying to you know come up with a uh, you know his his coin phrase and all that other stuff. So. I at least we'll have that. I just hope he lets the guys fight, you know. Uh, so your official prediction is uh, who, Dax? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Kovalev in this one. I think he's going to fight smarter. And um, the only thing that, you know, barring some sort of crazy scores, I, I think that Kovalev is going to win this one. Uh, you know, but th there is no, uh, there's not going to be a third fight. So no matter who wins this one, there is no third fight. So, it, again, you know, it makes you wonder exactly what's going to happen inside the boxing universe. Now, the undercard is something that's very interesting, though. Um, before you get into that, we got a couple minutes. Why do you say there won't be a third fight? Because it, it should, in the event that Kovalev wins, why wouldn't Ward want to fight him again? Kathy Duva said there is no third fight. There's no rematch clause in there, and they win, lose, or draw, they won't fight again because, you know, they're washing their hands of it more or less. 
Well, because Ward is so hard to, to deal with. You know, this is this is the issue with Andre Ward. Andre Ward has no business acting the way he does. He really doesn't. He's not as good. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that because he's a he, he's a great fighter. He is a great fighter. But the way he acts and the way he is to deal, I don't know how Rock Nation can even deal with him. And uh, that's going to eventually hurt him if it hasn't already. But uh, interesting because you would think that if Kovalev wins this fight, Andre Ward would want it. But then again, Dax, Andre Ward got more money in the first one. He got to dictate the rules in the first one, and he's dictating them again in this one. So I could see where uh, main events is saying, uh, you know, forget about you. Well, you know, Ward is, again, he, he's a sensational fighter. But, yeah, he is very hard to deal with. And I've never talked to any promoters or um, any opponents that have ever said, you know what, they never had a hard time dealing with him ever since the Super 6. You know, prior to them, remember, nobody really knew who Andre Ward was. He wasn't even the favorite going into that. But, you know, Andre Ward is a guy, what, what irritates me about him outside the ring is he, he's a phony. He smiles. Um, you know, he talks about what a great guy he is, but then, you know, you see the stuff that he, that uh, takes place and you hear the stories and, and you kind of get that little attitude from him. You know, you know, he's, he's the type of guy that, you know, you worry about him shaking your hand. Then when you turn around, you got to worry about him kicking you in the ass more or less. And that's the type of guy he is. And, and it's kind of annoying. And, you know, he just has an annoying personality in general. You know, if you're going to be a jerk, be a jerk. Be a jerk up front, and you know what? Don't hide it. If you're going to be a nice guy, be a nice guy. But you know something? You can't be both. And, you know, when, when you're both, you make it a hard guy to, uh, to trust. And Andre Ward seems to be showing again and again he's a hard guy to deal with, and that makes him a hard guy to trust. Dax, you got about a minute. Uh, give us a quick uh, rundown of the, the undercard. The undercard, you know, back uh, uh, back from uh, uh the middleweight, you know, he's going in against uh, Gerald Shirell. Uh, you know, that's a fight that, you know, uh, Backram, I don't know if anybody's ever seen him. He was on the undercard of uh, Ward, and Ch I mean, Kovalev Chalemba. I don't think that part was televised. I have seen uh, footage of him, and I had a, a promoter footage of him about a year and a half ago. He's a sensational fighter. He's a knockout artist. Um, Vaughn Alexander is going to be going in against uh, Fabio Pina. And uh, uh, Vaughn Alexander and uh, Backram should have been facing each other. That would have been great for this card because it would have been one of those things, two guys that are undefeated, you're going to get rid of the uh, pretender and bring us a contender. Uh, Tremaine uh, Williams versus Christopher Martin. Tremaine Williams doesn't have a lot of power, but he's a sensational boxer. He should give Christopher Martin a, a boxing lesson, and, you know, that's going to be something, a fight that is uh, good good for the purists. Uh, Rigandau against Moises Flores. There's another guy that, you know, Rigandau, due to his inactivity, I think uh, Moises Flores is going to win this, and that's going to be another blow for Rock Nation. Uh, um, you know, and but you know, you have some um, good guys on a lot of young guys. You know, Junior Yonan is only 21. Uh, Tremaine Williams, 24. Dimitri Bivol against uh, Cedric Agnew. Bivol's one of those guys I keep talking about. Uh, you know, stating he's one of these fellas that in the, down the road he's going to be coming after whoever wins this fight. He's going to be one of those futures of the division. He, he's he's a killer. He, he can box. He's going to make an example out of Cedric Agnew. And uh, I think Sergey Kovalev would fight him right away. Andre Ward, once he sees Bibble in action up close, he's going to think twice, and that might send him into hiatus. Uh, you know, so uh, Junior Yonan, again, I think 21. He's another sensational light heavyweight. So the undercard is sensational, and they're not pushing these young guys hard enough, and they should because, like you stated before, the main event isn't getting a, a lot of attention. So I think on this night we're going to see a couple careers just go all the way down. We're going to see some stars uh, really fade, and we might see a few stars start out. And, you know, this event is on 
Rock Nation to succeed or to fail. And this is on Andre Ward, whether or not he remains relevant, even if he wins. Uh, you know, a horrible performance is going to really just make him, you know, everybody's going to write him off. And as for Sergey Kovalev, if things don't go his way, I wouldn't be uh, surprised that Sergey Kovalev, if these uh, scorecards are unfair, he takes it over to Europe where, you know, something things are a little bit more fair. You can get a little bit more respect. And as you stated, you can get a better shake on the hands. Hey, Dax, great job. And uh, we'll look forward to you when we come back to do our uh, Ward Kovalev post-fight show. And uh, we'll be in touch before then, uh, I'm sure. Absolutely, everybody. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. And just fights on tonight, too. So make sure you watch those. All right, my man. That's care, Dax Khan. You can uh, check him out. Uh, we got a column. He's got a column up on Billy C. Boxing. Uh, Sal and I are going to take a quick little break. When we come back, uh, we'll uh, finish up our conversation uh, based on uh, some stuff that Dax just mentioned and our final thoughts on Ward Kovalev. And I got a couple other little tidbits uh, I'm going to throw at my man, uh, Sal. Uh, when we come back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, don't forget, we are going to be off now until we do our uh, Ward Kovalev 2 post-fight show. Uh, So make sure you tune it in as soon as that fight is over. Uh, right here where you're watching us right now. And speaking of now, I'm here with uh, my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Uh, Dax made some interesting points uh, and uh, filled us in on what uh, seems to be going on in the background. What's your take? He did, and, and Dax always has a great uh, assessment of what's going on. And I'll tell you what, Billy, I, I don't know if it was Kathy Duva or if it was Kovalev himself, but I would have insisted after that first fight, you had three domestic, domestic to the United States judges, all unanimously giving it to Andre Ward. And I said that night on our post fight, there was no international judges, and I would hope to see at least one uh, in the next fight. So why do they know something I don't know, or you don't know? And do they feel that confident they're going to stop Ward and not going to leave it to the judges? But, you know, I, I cannot believe there's not going to be an international judge at this fight. Yeah, it seems uh, it seems strange. But you know what? Um, you know, that's what happens in the states. I mean, they dictate, uh, you know, what's uh, what what's what in uh, in the sport. But uh, uh, anyway, I, the, the undercard is good. But, uh, you know, normally and, and through my uh, experience in the sport, you know, as 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 well as some of the undercards have been in the past um, for shows, you know, throughout the history of the sport, the main event is what's selling. I I don't know Absolutely. anybody that's gonna you know buy a a pay per view <laughs> event because of an undercard. I, I think the undercard is also what do you like to say the fluff, you know? But it's uh, the fluff before the stuff. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but anyway, hey, I got some other news I wanted to talk to you about real quick. Okay. Juan Manuel Marquez. Uh, 
You remember Juan, Juan Manuel Marquez, right? Which Juan? Juan Manuel Marquez. Um, <laughs> he uh, he's uh, you know refused to fight Manny Pacquiao in a rematch. He knocked out Manny Pacquiao uh, uh, devastatingly, and uh, uh, has been waiting for a big fight and uh, retired and you know, wants to come back. And uh, I think he kind of made a mistake with uh, not taking the Pacquiao fight, but nonetheless. He was in training, and there's a lot of rumor about him and Miguel Cotto uh, fighting again. Well, an injury uh, has uh, delayed his uh, official comeback. Uh, he's over 40. I think he's 41 or 42 right now. And, uh, Sal, uh, you know, not only are you <clears throat> significantly older than that, but Easy. when you're making a comeback, especially after uh, a delay in time, and obviously, you know, you're, you're – uh, uh, delay in time was, uh, you know, a quarter of a century. But um, in, in this particular case, isn't the body the biggest problem? Isn't that the first opponent that you got to deal with? And and injuries, you know, once you you start to age, whether you're an athlete or not, you're more prone to injury. Um, is this going to, you know, curb his uh, comeback talk? Well, you're so right on so many levels. You know, one thing is you you have an aging body. Two, you got to prepare your mind. I knew I, I could count on my emotional recall, you know, I, I, imagery training, everything else. I put myself in a mind frame that it wasn't 25 years since my last fight. It was just a three-month layoff. And that's how I approached this. And I knew I would have to be on that same page. And, yes, I completely tore and ripped my rotator cuff before the fight. And if the if the boxing commissioners knew about it, I would have not been allowed to fight. I had to keep that secret. That's why I did not have a right hand the way I should have. But the bottom line is, I fought, I won, I still got it done. Yes, what happens is when you age, sometimes your muscle tissue is still stronger than the insertion tissue or connective tissue, such as your ligaments, your tendons. And that's why you'll see a lot of times You'll see uh, older guys, they'll have dropped biceps because their, their tendons or ligaments in their, in their shoulders have ripped or torn. Um, they come up with a Popeye syndrome, if you will, sometimes like that. But the bottom line is, yes, you've got to be careful. You've got to stretch every day. You cannot be, uh, from the get-go, explosive. You've got to work yourself up to that, and you've got to be able to, uh, to get the body in sync with the mind to be effective and strong and make it bulletproof again even even when i noticed you know when i was sparring you know when i was a young buck i i, I was bulletproof i you couldn't penetrate my my body was solid was hard it was a rock and the same thing you know i i tried to get it in that condition and it was as close as i could but it was not the same so you have to take this all into consideration so you have to be able to block certain punches you have to be able to withstand and anticipate that the punches are going to be a little more meaningful at this stage of the game but you also have to be able to like i always say if you're afraid to lose you're going to be afraid to win you got to go out there with the mind ready to go it wasn't a long layoff you're right back in the mix and you got to take your time get the body strong and durable and penetrating the, uh, the opponent's offense and being able to take the blows and everything else. That's what you got to do. You got to go get yourself mentally and physically over a period of time back into the fighting shape that you can do. Unfortunately, unfortunately Father Time 
uh, a lot of times uh, intervenes and uh, prevents you from 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 doing that. And maybe that's what's uh, going to happen to uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. You know, Cotto, very well could. Yeah, Cotto. Uh, you know, it's not that he's been so busy, but he has been busier than uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. One last thing I wanted to mention, Sal, uh, Lou DiBella of uh, DiBella Entertainment uh, won the purse bid between Turian for the fight. It's a, 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 a IBF uh, elimination fight between Turiano Johnson uh, and uh, uh, Dervinchenko, uh, Sergey Dervinchenko. Uh, I, the reason why I'm bringing this up, normally, I mean, you know, I, you know, hey, the fight is the fight, and and you know, this isn't about the promoter, but, you know, I, I'm constantly in discussions with with people and the misconception about how money, how much money fighters make, and you know, all these elimination, these quote elimination fights, what people don't realize is that you know, it's it's a it's a way a sanctioning fee is 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 making some money. They charge a fee for these eliminations because theoretically the winner of these fights go on to fight the champion in the respective uh, uh, division. Now this fight uh, happens to be uh, in the middleweight division for the IBF world middleweight title, uh, which uh, will be on the line uh, when uh, Triple G and Canelo fight. But nonetheless, um, here's how it panned out. There were only two bidders for this uh, uh, fight, Golden Boy Promotions, and the Bella Entertainment. And uh, Golden Boy uh, uh, bid 62000 uh, for this fight. 62000 And uh, Bella won the bid uh, with a uh, bid of $121,002. Wow. All right. So <laughs> they won that purse bid by basically twice as much uh, as the Golden Boy bid. So that tells me that, um, you know, Golden Boy was, you know, just throwing a bid in just to say they threw a bid in. But at, when it comes push to shove, Sal, 121000 for a middleweight elimination fight between two, you know, pretty good middleweights seems a little low to me because the purse split, according to IBF rules for elimination fights, is 50-50. So theoretically, you, these fight, fighters are looking at making sixty grand a piece before their training expenses and all the hands in the cookie jar, I would think that a fight, especially between two experienced guys like Devonchenko and uh, uh, Atoriano Johnson, should make a little bit more than that. What's your quick thoughts on that? Well, I, I agree with you. I think they, they probably should get uh, $100,000 each. We'll see. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, people don't realize it. Yes, you can make a lot of money in a fight game if you're in that top upper upper echelon. But you know what? When you whittle away a hundred thousand dollars, let's look at a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars. It just matters. The, the zeros are what matters. So if you even have a hundred thousand, you know, ten percent off the top to the trainer. Then you got thirty three and a third to the manager. Then you got your training expenses. Then you have this taken away. Then you have this deducted. Sparring and partners. And then, sparring guess what? You got partners. taxes, too. Don't forget about sparring partners. Sparring partners. You get, you're paying $500, $1,000 a week, $800 a week, depending on the level. So you got your training camp. Guess what? That comes from your purse, too. And you have a lot of expenses. And you've got to pay Uncle Sam, capital gains, or maybe, or whatever it might be. You're going to pay about 50%, not on what you did as far as paying out on the off the top and then they're going to use the deduction so yeah if you're going to take a hundred thousand dollar purse you're lucky if you could put in your pocket thirty thousand dollars maybe forty i doubt it we'll see well i hope but I hope, uh, 
I hope these two guys uh, end up uh, with more money than what the uh, purse bid was for. Uh, I know uh, Lou DiBella uh, isn't going to be uh, throwing them extra money, but hopefully uh, hopefully they will. But, uh, uh, hey, listen, on this day in boxing history, June 8th, in 1963, Sal, Emil Griffith wins a 15-round decision over Luis Rodriguez uh, to win the World Welterweight title took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Uh, don't forget Emil Griffith. Uh, also uh, won titles uh, in the junior middleweight division, and he fought at middleweight too. So uh, uh, this was when he won the welterweight title in 1963. And on this day in 1985, Barry McGuigan uh, wins a 15-round wow. decision over Isbuio Pedroza uh, to win the WBA featherweight title to place in London. On this day in uh, 1933, Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey. The winner. That's right. It's the answer. Jack Dempsey promotes his first big event that uh, saw uh, almost 60,000 people pack into Yankee Stadium to see. And, and this fight, a lot of people forget that he was the promoter, but they packed in the Yankee Stadium to see Max Bear fight Max Schmeling, the Battle of the Maxes uh, in the 10th round. I tenth, have that poster. Uh, in the You're going to hanging in my restaurant next week. There you go. In the 10th round uh, uh, of a scheduled 15-round heavyweight fight, uh, Max Bear stopped uh, Schmeling. Uh, Schmeling, I should say. Uh, the fight was a, a great one, uh, ending uh, actually uh, uh, as Ring Magazine's Fight of the Year in uh, uh, 1933. It earned that uh, title. So uh, Jack Dempsey uh, did well in the ring and uh, as a promoter, too. On this day in 1911, Billy Papp uh, knocks out Jim Sullivan in the ninth round to win the British World Middleweight title. It took place at the Palladium in London. And on this day, June 8th in 2002, Lennox Lewis knocks out my man, Mike Tyson, in the eighth round to retain his WBC, IBF, and IBO World Heavyweight titles in Tennessee. If you remember, Tennessee was the only place that would take the fight. Uh, Mike Tyson and him, they had the, the big plexiglass thing uh, up to divide him. It was, it was when Mike bit him in the <laughs> leg and all that stuff. Um, Tyson would fight three more times over a three-year period, winning by uh, knockout against uh, Clifford Ennintine and in 2003, uh, that fight in 2003, and then he lost uh, by knockout to Danny Williams, which uh, was a uh, kind of a <clears throat> over-the-hill fighter, and Kevin McBride, who never uh, amounted to anything in 2004 and 2005, respectively. Lewis uh, would retire as a world champion in 2003 uh, with a Hall of Fame career uh, record of 41 wins. 32 by knockout, two losses, uh, one by knockout, and one draw. Uh, and uh, Lewis, yes, he was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in, uh, in 2009. Uh, hey, Sal, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, coming down and uh, you know, doing our project together this next week and, of course, uh, eating at your restaurant. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to some good things, my man. Absolutely. We're looking forward to serving you and having you join me here. And we're going to do some great things next week, Billy. I'm really excited about it. Well, you're not going to be spending you're not going to be spending that much time at the restaurant, brother, because we got a lot of work to do. So uh, we got a lot of work. To I hope do. you're I'm ready getting, for that. You better getting, you better get in coverage. You better get the coverage. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, boys and girls, make sure you tune in right here after the Ward Kovalev rematch for our Billy C. Kovalev Ward post-fight show. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.